So Vish, um, thank you so much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. And um, I think we're talking today about something that's uh, really, really interesting, which is you know around a very important tool. Uh, and I love talking about tools for entrepreneurs. I think giving things away for free for educational purposes is a really good foundation for um, you know organizations, but as well as for the startup community. And um, just before we jump into that, I'd love you to give you know kind of a LinkedIn post uh, summary about uh, who exactly you are, uh, just so our audience can kind of get introduced to you, please. Well, thank you, uh, Alan, for uh, hosting me on your uh, show. Uh, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to share you know, my thoughts, uh, not just around uh, the Forge Venture rubric, but also, you know, generally uh, with what we're doing in, in uh, Forge and also, uh, you know, the, the startup scene uh, that you're seeing in uh, in India in general. You know, happy to uh, be on your show and share my thoughts. So thank you uh, for, for giving us a shot. Uh, my introduction, you know, uh, my name is Vish uh, uh, Sahasranamam. Uh, I uh, have about 21 years of uh, experience uh, in the corporate sector, tech sector, and in the startup sector, if you were to call it, uh, call it that. Uh, so I did about eight years of, uh, you know, corporate work experience uh, when I spent time in the U.S. Uh, working for Cisco. Uh, and, and then from there on, I moved to Nortel uh, in Canada for about a couple of years and then to Ericsson. We spoke about that. Uh, for about two years, uh, I was part of uh, Ericsson doing business development work. Uh, so did about eight years of, uh, you know, product management, product marketing, um, you know, technical sort of uh, uh, sales uh, and uh, business development work in the telecom, uh, you know, OE uh, uh, space for about eight years. Uh, and then uh, decided to come back to India for about uh, in, in 2008 for my MBA from uh, the Indian Institute of Management in Bangalore. One of the, uh, it's the second uh, uh, you know, MBA school in the country. Uh, so, so did that. And then I, I, that's where I, I, got, I sort of got hooked up uh, to startups, uh, so to speak. So there is the incubator in, in uh, IIM Bangalore uh, uh, through which I got connected to a bunch of startups. And, and, and my uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, training and skill is, is in product management uh, you know, product marketing, and that's a very important uh, starting point for any startup to get their product right. Uh, so I ended up, you know, doing a lot of free consulting uh, for those startups, and and uh, I really, you know, uh, I learned a lot in that experience. You know, more than contributing, I took away a, a lot of, uh, you know, a wealth of experience. Right? I mean, every day is is is, is challenges in, in in any startup, and and you you have to sort of you know roll with the uh, you know the whole whole thing and you have to come up with ingenious solutions to, to solve all of that. So did that for about two years. So it was very clear that I am not going back to a big company job. Uh, so I continue to consult with startups uh, as, as an independent consultant for about uh, two to three years. And then uh, as part of that, I got into co-founding uh, two, two startups, uh, both tech startups. Uh, one of them uh, didn't do well. We, uh, we decided to sort of sh uh, shut shop and move on. Uh, but the other one ended up being uh, Cisco's first acquisition in India. Wow. Um, yeah, and this was in 2015. Uh, and and uh, and around that time, for personal reasons, I was moving to Coimbatore, where I live right now. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I met up my founder, uh, Shankar, and together we decided to start uh, Forge. Uh, and then here I am talking to you five, five and a half years after that, uh, with, with where we've come to. So, uh, so that's sort of my background. So uh, I think of myself as a management consultant, innovation uh, management strategist, uh, I, I, you know, a startup coach, uh, somebody who, who has uh, both experience uh, in, in, in taking new products to the market, scaling products, scaling businesses, scaling, uh, you know, go to market, uh, you know, business development, sales operations, uh, and of course, uh, you know, building a team and then, uh, you know, raising funds and then, you know, making it all, uh, you know, happen, realize the vision. So, so that's pretty much uh, who I am and, and what I've been doing over 20, 21 years since I graduated from uh, engineering. Yeah. Wow. Uh, a few points there, because a very fascinating background, the fact that you had a whole career before you went and did your MBA and then kind of caught the startup bug um, 
first point is I love the fact that you, you know, you gave away for free, you gave some advice and support because I think very few startups have money, as we all know, when we're beginning sure. and bootstrapping and stressed out and uh, to have your level of expertise from, from your whole career background, it must've been extremely valuable. But uh, yeah. I also wanted to, um, um, uh, follow up with your point about how you get a lot from the founders. I also find yeah. that I work with some extremely inspirational individuals, like people that right. I don't even know right. sometimes how I can help them, right? Because I just say, right. you're doing everything you're doing. You're, you're, I mean, you have it like <laughs> I can maybe help you connect you with this guy or this guy or this girl. But oh my God, like the some of the entrepreneurs that we work with, it's it no, really sometimes is just a, buy them coffee and tea, right? I mean, sometimes just sometimes just, they just need the talk, do. right? Sometimes they just need the talk. And, and that's also good. But I feel like I'm in a position yeah. probably like you that we're, we're really privileged, right? That we're surrounded yeah. by such inspiration by all these ideas. It's, it's really, yeah. really great. Yeah. Um, I had a quick question, which, which, which is not something that we, we had discussed that we would uh, we talk about. But did you find a jump? Because like, I mean, classic first startup, right? That didn't work out for you. But the second startup ended up being like an exit with a company you used to work with, which is amazing. So linking your career to your startup, excellent. Did you find it was a bit of a jump to go then and say, oh, let's set up an accelerator or, or an incubator? Or, or did you already have that kind of in your mind that like this is missing yeah. 2015? Yeah. Um, so obviously it's been five, six years ago. Did you feel like this wave of new incubators was coming and you wanted just to to give back or what was the the reason why you wanted to jump in there yeah yeah well it, a very interesting uh, question alan in fact if i go back in time to about 2015 uh, you know when shankar and i we were sort of uh, you know talking about you know what new what what big uh, we can do uh, out of what's Pimator, next right uh, what next uh, right and uh, it, it kind of uh, you know, to me, uh, you know, it always uh, has been at the back of my mind. You know, I had to go to California, to Toronto, to, uh, you know, to Boston, to uh, to Dallas, to to Stockholm, to, uh, you know, to Munich and to other, uh, you know, big cities of the world to do some really good tech work, uh, yeah. right? Uh, and and uh, so I was always thinking, you know, why can't we bring, uh, you know, high quality tech work uh, to India, right? Uh, you know, we have all this talent that's coming out of uh, you know some of the very finest uh, uh, technical institutions in the country, and then we yeah. we go overseas to do some really good quality tech work. Uh, you know why not just just keep this talent engaged uh, in in meaningful ways, uh, opening up opportunities where their their own you know talent and their 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 vision and their ambition uh, you know can translate into real uh, you know market success, wealth, jobs, you know economic growth, all of that, right? So. So I, I think the larger uh, question we were asking uh, was not really, uh, you know, do we set up another incubator, another accelerator? I don't think that really was, uh, you know, the, the bigger question we were asking. I think the bigger question we were asking is, how can we make a meaningful impact to India's uh, innovation economy or, or let's say the entrepreneurship economy, right? Or, or, or in other words, uh, the new economy of India. Right, the future economy of India. Yeah, uh, is that a, is that a meaningful impact we can do, right? And and uh, honestly, you know, we felt that that working with startups, you know, setting up an incubator uh, and and finding every way possible to make startups successful is is one way to contribute to India's uh, innovation economy. Is one way, right? It's not the only way, right? Uh, there are many other ways that that we could we can do, and and. In fact, uh, in the last five and a half, six years, we've actually explored a lot of those uh, uh, other uh, aspects. So, and we'll, we'll talk about that uh, more and later. Uh, but, but I think the starting point and where I want to connect it back to my own startup experience, uh, uh, you know, from these two startups and having sort of been a consultant uh, for a bunch of about maybe 20, 25 startups during and after my MBA for about four years, just to connect to that, I think what I felt was missing in India, at least in the incubation setup mm. uh, or in the incubation scene, uh, was what we call knowledge-driven incubation, right? Mm. And, and, and it's, it's a very important phrase for us in, 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 in Forge. In fact, we've created a separate vertical in Forge called Forge Academy, uh, which uh, whose only mission is knowledge-driven incubation. And what it really means is that while financial support, access to labs, access to let's say early adopters, access to customers, access to mentors, uh, and other, uh, you know, uh, you know, infrastructure and, and resources and value added services 
are very important for startups yeah uh the role of knowledge uh right which is skills competencies uh you know capabilities that the founders and the core team will have to will have to you know develop and acquire uh you know is becoming even more of a success factor right uh, you take and, it with and, you right i mean it goes with you forever it becomes absolutely, part of you absolutely yeah absolutely right and 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 one thing i felt is that you know when when you actually go through the whole founding experience uh, uh you know see there are some contrasting personality traits uh when you're an entrepreneur right you you, you want to do it your way right i mean because that's that's i mean that's the only big thing about doing it your way right i mean otherwise you know you're yeah, you're doing 9 days a week independence you have right <laughs> yeah i mean you're doing 9 days a week 18 hours yeah. a day uh you're not paid for it i mean uh, you you're sacrificing way too many things your your yeah. your personal your family your friends are all you know sort of sacrificing along with you to support you to do this so you you might as well take something big out of it right so there is yeah. that that personality uh, issue as well right which is that we tend to do it our way and and when we do it our way we tend to close ourselves from outside perspectives uh, mm-hmm. maybe some guidance some advice uh you know you know something that can just make it a lot easier for us a lot more predictable for us so yeah. i felt if 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 we can you know create this knowledge base uh, in the form of tools and techniques and 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 you know you guys are doing a great job when it comes to that and and if we can just give it to the entrepreneurs in a manner that they can consume it at their mm-hmm. pace to their needs to their taste and not really sort of shove it down their throats yeah right i think i think that is the fine balance that we have to strike right so so we 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 were always very conscious that we've got to build tools we've got to build uh, you know decision making frameworks we've got to help entrepreneurs make this journey a lot more predictable mm-hmm. a lot more uh, risk free uh, and 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 be able to manage and mitigate the risks but you, but you got to know you know which direction to go right and i keep telling this to my team a lot of the time right so i keep telling them hey we're not in the we're not in the business of giving entrepreneurs maps we give them a compass and yeah. the only thing a compass does is point to the true north and nothing else i mean it's useless beyond that right uh, and by definition these guys are doing something that's not been done before so how can i have a map yeah, of an uncharted terrain disruptive technology there's no map right? absolutely yeah. absolutely right so that's that's one sort of metaphor that we always keep in mind the other thing is to think in terms of not giving them a blueprint uh, of a of a building that they have to construct but can abrasti can you give them the scaffolding yeah on which they can stand and and build something that appeals to them right now now the building might change but the scaffolding almost is the same you know yeah. whatever is the building that you end up building you know the scaffolding is almost the same so can we give them frameworks which can help them become uh, more enabled more self capable right so that's that's sort of uh, you know also uh, uh, what i personally took out of my experience having having uh, done two startups and having been part of startups as a consultant so when i looked at starting an incubator uh, we really had these as foundational principles yeah that's fantastic because uh, first of all i love the fact that you started with the question that was much bigger than an incubator it was the question of how do you impact like you know the indian ecosystem for technology and innovation and business and then you work backwards from there that's right. something i like to tell startups to do as well say like you're not a you know you're not a startup that does product x you're a startup that does something more and product x helps you to get there right so Absolutely. i love i love that part i think you're completely right about the tools that there's no 10 step program necessarily yep. i mean there are some yeah. steps you can take but every startup in different verticals even within the same vertical is just so different and right. as you said these are skills these are things that they can't really be taught you you can, you can teach people you can give them some yeah. some support like i can give a pitching yeah. workshop but in the end yeah. pitching is a skill a sales pitch right. you have to go and do 100 sales pitches to get better at it so i think Absolutely. giving them the the tools that they can then use to learn is 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 really really so important and yeah. but i think yeah. it would be a great point now to maybe talk a little bit uh, just briefly about what exactly is forge accelerator and what are the the opportunities on on a kind of macro level that you you provide so a question i have specifically as well if you could answer is is the academy a program is it a kind of resources uh, section on your website that people can access and um, that would be cool if you could answer that as well just to sure. clarify sure I'll, I'll i'll try i'm doing both uh yeah thank so you. forge is 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 a combination of many things right it's 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 an incubator it's an accelerator it's 
it's part fun, uh, right? And it and it sort of you know grows arms and legs and eyes and <laughs> noses. An yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, it, it, it really is, is is several animals in one, right? Uh, it's got the DNA of, of many organisms, let me put it that way, right? Uh, but essentially what we're out here to do and what excites us every single day uh, is, is to really support industrial uh, deep tech, digital tech startups uh, who, who whose target customers are the core industrial sectors like like mm. defense, oil and gas, energy, you know, transportation, so large you know, smart cities, yeah. right? And 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 exactly, and then and then help them open up uh, huge market opportunities from these sectors that are really difficult to uh, to target for a startup, right? So how do you open large swath of of market uh, you know opportunities? Uh, is, is what excites us, uh, and and not just the industrial sectors, but also the the, the government sectors or the public sectors. Mm. So essentially, what Forge does is we go corporate client after corporate client, government client after government client, and we set up and run large national scale uh, incubation programs, right? Uh, right, tailored so, to, so, to each kind of corporate partner or public partner. Absolutely, okay, right. Great. So so whether it's Bosch. Uh, you know, Bosch is, you know, uh, I mean, it needs no introduction for somebody who's in Germany, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and and essentially what Bosch is wanting to do uh, in India is to look at uh, sort of, uh, you know, connected life as a, mm-hmm. as a very large theme. And, and I mean, for practical purposes, what they want to do is hedge their bet, uh, you know, for the future where uh, more, you know, less and less diesel uh, cars are going to be manufactured, which means... Mm-hmm. The, the revenue that comes from selling Bosch products today is going to go down the, the hill, right? So how do you substitute that revenue with new products in new markets? So Connected Life is a very broad theme. So we, uh, we, we've we been helping them uh, discover uh, 20 to 30 startups every year wow. uh, and, and, and uh, essentially help them uh, you know, look at these startups from the point of view of uh, do they have products, uh, technologies, which can get branded Bosch and then be taken through the market because Bosch's strength, it, strength is that it has the, the market, the market the distribution, the channel and the brand equity. So all of that is great, but it but it doesn't have the innovation engine, which the startup is, right? Uh, so that's one. I have so a now we have a question on that. Do, do you agree with the point that it's very large, very difficult for a large ship to turn as fast as a small ship, which is a startup? So if you know the metaphor that startups can classically um, orientate themselves and innovate uh, in a much faster way than a uh, than a large corporate. So this is no, kind I mean, of the glue I, I, obviously that you stick together. Yeah, yeah, you know, obviously, right? Because because uh, you know a large corporate is is organized for efficiency. Right, uh, uh, you know, a large corporate is organized for not making mistakes. Yeah. Whereas, really whereas the advice. first thing, whereas the first thing that you have to keep in mind if you are a startup is you got to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Unless unless you make mistakes, how do you know what what cannot work? You won't right? learn. <laughs> there you go. Right. So so the very the very DNA of what it takes to to be able to come up with. Uh, you know, innovative ideas, whether it's a new technology, a new product, or a new business model, and then to be able to quickly experiment and and then test it in the hands of the customers or, or get that market feedback, and then and then to prove it to yourself that hey, this can scale out. You know, a, a bigger uh, organization like a corporate entity is not organized for that purpose. Yeah. Right. Uh, so how can you expect uh, you know, let's say a a, a, a symphony orchestra. Uh, to to work like a jazz band, right? Yeah. Uh, the two different things, right? Uh, right. So so you, so I think I think you know that's that's sort of why uh, you know uh, Forge exists also, right? Is, yeah, is the that beauty we, of the the marriage between the two sides, right? There you go. There you go. Absolutely right. So our our job really, in that sense, Alan, is to is to sort of open up these national scale uh, you know platforms for for startups, both within the corporate uh, sector and in the public sector right and 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 that's pretty much uh, you know what we do on a, on a day-to-day basis so I have a team of about 25 uh, full-time employees now and and uh, we have uh, you know currently we have about five such uh, national scale programs that we are actively uh, implementing right wow. uh, and, and and that's that's essentially you know the, the bulk of what we do and and 
and as part of that you know anything and everything that the startup requires yeah. right whether it's whether it's office co-working whether it's technical infrastructure uh and and in the next uh two to three months we're adding two more uh centers uh one in the city of chennai which is the capital wow. city of my state and and another uh, city called hosur which is very close to bangalore but on the tamil nadu uh, border uh so we're adding two more centers so with these two centers forge will become india's largest private sector incubator uh, uh you know in terms of just the physical footprint Wow, right. and you'll have three locations then in total, right? That is wow. true. That is true. That's amazing. I yeah. mean, it's you, yeah. you were just yeah. talking about before that the capital in your region is also the deep tech hub, right, of uh, of right. India, right? So that's uh, right. amazing that you're going to open there as well, right? Absolutely, and 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 you know the the, the beauty about these two centers, including the one that we have here in Pimbatore, uh, is that these are right right at the heart of the manufacturing clusters. Yeah. right uh, so this is you know, you know you you know germany very well so imagine you put uh, you know a startup accelerator right inside uh, you know a stuttgart uh, industrial cluster yeah. or or in dresden or 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 in or in munich and you know what wonders it can do yes, right uh, you basically have all the industrial huge companies uh, right there next to you and and you're a industrial deep tech startup you could go open up more and more opportunities and and these centers that we are opening up are going to act as uh, you know labs uh, for for these uh, you know startups to showcase their technologies and their solutions so they can they can quickly sort of uh, you know get orders uh, from these customers and 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 become successful great right. and funny, and, right? and to sorry go ahead yeah then i was going to go to the other part which is the forge academy oh, yeah. part yeah yeah so so forge academy you're right is is basically uh, we think of it as as a as a separate business uh, unit within forge uh it it runs its own programs and and we start all the way from undergrad students that's good right? it's going to be my next question was like what stage of startup that's great to hear yeah so so we 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 start from undergrad students so we run some innovation uh you know design and basic sort of entrepreneurship training uh mm. programs uh some skilling programs uh we we do that and then we also and have collaborate a, with the universities on that or is yeah, it yeah, absolutely great? absolutely Super. so we have uh, we have a, a lot of tie up with uh, several both public you know government funded institutions as well as private sector institutions and and essentially their students go through our programs yeah. uh, and and even at the postgraduate level we actually have an mba wow. uh, an mba degree uh, in innovation entrepreneurship and venture development The right. octopus and, and, is real, uh, Vish. This is amazing. <laughs> Honestly, it's. Uh, I, I was doing some research behind this, and when I was preparing for the podcast, and I was like, "This is not a normal incubator. There's just yeah. there's so many aspects to it, which is fantastic because it's all complementary." But please, I interrupted you. Please continue with the. the no, 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 no worries, no worries. So, yeah. so essentially, you know, the thinking behind this, you know, if you think from this whole knowledge-driven incubation point of view, right? You know, uh, you know, we what we end up do. what we end up doing is 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 really create a lot of these knowledge assets mm. right uh you know whether it's innovation technology you know go to market you know business planning you know kind of fundraising uh you know all of these various aspects uh of a of a tech startup uh and and we're going to build tools and resources uh and techniques and methods uh, for these entrepreneurs so what we're essentially doing is we're codifying entrepreneurship right yeah. we're 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 creating knowledge uh, bases which actually can then get disseminated uh, you know to a much wider audience yeah, at scale right, right? which is right so, so 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 go back to what i told about the whole innovation economy right uh, you know so so a big a bigger impact that forge can do to india's innovation economy is if is if we can create hundreds of thousands of engineers and and mbas who actually understand innovation entrepreneurship uh at at a practical level yeah. right now you know we don't expect all of them to graduate and become entrepreneurs immediately i mean that would be a disaster right and sure. and and we don't want that but essentially what we're saying is can we sort of uh you know leave this bug inside them yeah sprinkle right? a little bit <laughs> absolutely right and then and then just give them the exposure right yeah. because because what really matters is is the mindset yes. right uh you know before you become entrepreneur you got to become entrepreneurial right and 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 that mindset matters more than actually doing it right and we we really believe that you know 
they can go out, they can, you know, join, you know, the workforce, they can be part of uh, industry and they can, they can you know, sort of go through the regular professional all career. Those skills are transferable, right? I mean, there's no harm in Absolutely. learning about thinking like a business when you're working in a research center as part of a corporate, yeah. right? So yeah. it's all beneficial. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the short-term benefit that we've already seen is that many of these undergrad, postgrad uh, students who come through our programs make for excellent hires for these startups, yeah. right? And, 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 and in most cases, they end up doing internships uh, with the startups that we incubate. Wow. And, and the startups are always in search of better talent. I mean, I mean you, you give them the best talent and they will say, I need, can I get even better talent? There's no end to this, this talent craze that, that yeah. startups can take, right? So if you're saying, you know what, fine, we'll give you these guys. Why don't you, you know, uh, try them out as interns? And if you like them, we'll hire them, right? So, so there's a lot of ways, uh, you know, we do this. And, and you know, one of the inspirations I've, I've personally taken is, uh, you know, when I read about uh, Jeff Bezos uh, a few years ago, and I, I, I read about how every single item in the PNL, uh, every single cost item, right, uh, was basically translated into a strategic, uh, you know, part of, of Amazon, right? So, wow. so 20 years ago, the whole cloud infrastructure on which Amazon e-commerce will run was basically a cost item in, in the Amazon PNL, right? And, and what they said is, can I convert that into a strategic business unit? And today, AWS is itself, yeah. I don't know, $300 billion in valuation. Crazy. Right? That's, that's so, mindset, so that kind right? of thinking, yeah. So that kind of thinking is, is definitely there in Forge. I mean, we want to look at every single aspect that, that we can offer to a startup as a service, as a resource, mm-hmm. we're really saying, hey, how can I, how can I scale it up? How can I monetize? How can I codify? How can I make something more permanent and institutionalize it so that it ultimately, you know, ex- you know, helps Forge expand its footprint. Yeah. Right. So Amazing. that's thinking that's sort of gone behind it as well. Yeah. No, yeah. that's really fantastic. Thanks so much. It's very inspirational because I think it's uh, you know doing things at scale in particular. That's that's hard, but it's a, a huge payoff in the long run. I think you know, yeah. and the fact yeah. that you can recycle those uh, those those talents that are going through your programs is very important right. because right. Um, I think that this is one of the most difficult things that startups are searching for. They're searching for co-founders or searching for individuals that can right. live up to their expectations, which are often very right. high. So this right. is a uh, really great. So what I would love to do now is like go go kind of to the core of what we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. which is one of those tools because you obviously mm-hmm. have i think many but and um, mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about the the forge venture rubric so mm-hmm. this is actually how we came in contact i i discovered yep. this i can't remember how i think it was maybe one of your uh, one of your employees harry perhaps that contacted me uh, and told me about this and i was like wow this is cool this this just provides what I like to say, um, it provides structure to a world of chaos, you know, for startups <laughs> in a way. So um, maybe you could explain a little bit about um, yep. what it is and why you felt that this particular uh, rubric was necessary. Why was this kind of a priority for Ford to be able to sure. produce it? Sure, sure. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, Alan, if, if you were to sort of, uh, you know, go back and look at the why uh, of, of this Forge venture rubric, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the the, the idea in my mind was, was to basically sort of, uh, you know, help entrepreneurs uh, become more capable uh, when it comes to truly understanding what their startup's potential really is, right? Now, now you know, uh, in, a, in a typical entrepreneur's mind, uh, you're the next big thing that's waiting to happen. Right? I mean, you, you need to start with that kind of a, a vision or an ambition. Yeah. And sometimes it's hallucination, right? It's just hallucination. Right? I mean, I mean, if, if you were to look at it from any, anyone anyone else's eyes, that's just that's a freak, right? So, so, but but how do you how do you in a very structured manner translate that hallucinated version into something that's realistic, right? Mm. So, in, in in the mind of any entrepreneur, I think of my uh, you know my own startup as having a very high potential, right? And, now, and, and that potential can come from multiple uh, things. It can come from a great new tech. It can come from a great new team. It can come from uh, you know, uh, a, a concept of a product which is very differentiated from what's available in the market. It could also come from the fact that you, you can be backed up by uh, you know, a, a, a solid set of advisors and, and investors. Mm-hmm. Right? A, a lot of those things can, can make, a, make an entrepreneur 
feel optimistic about his or her own startup's potential, right? But but if you were to just sort of try to put that in pen and paper, right, you, you would actually find that it's hallucination and, and not real, right? Yeah. So so that's that's one that's one sort of aspect. Of it. The other aspect of it is you know I've I've been following Steve Blank, uh, mm. you know, for about what at least 12, 13 years now. Uh, I had a chance to, uh, you know, listen to him uh, while I was at Stanford, uh, wow. you know, for one of my, uh, yeah, I was, I was, on, I was in U.S. for for some time. Uh, one of the startups that I was, that I co-founded, I had to go to the U.S. for, for, for a few uh, business, uh, you know, uh, purposes. So I ended up at, at Silicon Valley and, and I went over to meet, uh, I, I went over to, to Stanford. Into Steve. <laughs> Well, I, I did not personally meet him, but I, 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 I went to the Stanford Technology Ventures and they were having this, uh, you know, a Friday evening uh, masterclass wow. uh, by, by Steve Blank. And, and, and I, I drank that Kool-Aid, you know, the whole yeah, custom development the whole uh, you know, process. And, and that's also the time when, you know, Eric Ries lead startup uh, book came out and then, uh, you know, a, a whole a lot of literature uh, around, uh, uh, you know, tech entrepreneurship essentially codifying the science of entrepreneurship is what Steve yeah. Blank uh, has given to, 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 to mankind, right? And he talks about evidence-based entrepreneurship, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's one thing which stuck very deep in me. And I said, well, if, 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 if only we can help entrepreneurs convert all of these hallucinated assumptions into market facts, yeah. right? Then, then that's evidence-based entrepreneurship, right? So, so now how do you do that? And, and, uh, and how do you do it in a manner that any entrepreneur, given how much they can they can understand some of these concepts uh, at, at first principles levels, uh, you know, there could be a, a variance of that, right? There could be some really capable entrepreneurs who understand, uh, you know, aspects of market growth, uh, you know, technology product at a very fundamental, uh, you know, first principles level. Uh, whereas there could be others who are very good at tech, mm. uh, but but may not be. Uh, it may not have the aptitude, right, to really to really understand some of these things at, at a fundamental level. So I thought we, we need to, uh, you know, put something out in a manner that appeals to any uh, tech entrepreneur uh, coming from any background, right? Uh, so that's also something which uh, you know uh, I had in mind. So 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 the so the why forge venture rubric in in very simple terms is to really help tech entrepreneurs, uh, especially deep tech entrepreneurs uh, understand, quantify uh, their own startup's potential in a manner that drives their decisions so that they can they can not only push the boundaries of their startup's potential, but they also can translate that potential into real opportunity, into real outcomes, right? So, th- so, that, so that proof of that potential is, is what evidence-based entrepreneurship is, is really about. And, and, and that's, that's how we've structured uh, the Forge Venture rubric. So what it does is with, with six parameters, uh, cutting across market, technology, product, and growth, uh, and each of these six parameters having four attributes, that's 24 attributes, mm. right? So what we've really done is we've, we've given uh, deep tech entrepreneurs 24 ways in which they can calibrate their startup's potential. Right. Wow. And, and each attribute uh, stands for something very significant, right? And each attribute is something which will call for uh, a strategic decision that the entrepreneur will have to make. And, and, if, and, if, and if they score zero uh, and not, let's say, four, if four being the highest uh, score for that particular attribute, then they clearly know that they've got to do something to go from zero to four, Right. And if they don't do that, well, then their their own startup's potential is is lower by that much, right? So very clearly, it's it's a hundred uh, uh, you know hundred point scale. Uh, so you go from zero to hundred. Uh, so if you combine these scores of these twenty four attributes, they would add up to uh, hundred. Uh, and we've also broken down the hundred into these six uh, parameters, uh, mm-hmm. each uh, with either fifteen or twenty or ten uh, points. And then each of these parameters are further broken down into four attributes and they have their own respective uh, scores, three, four, five, seven, whatever. Right? Uh, and, and we've also you know, given them a guide uh, which helps them understand what each of these parameters uh, really stand for. 
And also we've, we've given them guidance as to what evidence or what indicators to look for mm. uh, when, when it comes to uh, evaluating uh, their own startup against uh, a, a particular parameter or a particular attribute, right? So, so I mean, honestly, we, we really want this to be more of a self-diagnostic tool, yeah, right? And, and, and something which can potentially help startups, help entrepreneurs make uh, better decisions and execute those decisions in a better way uh, is, is why we've made uh, Forge Venture, Venture Rubric. So, you know, to sum it up, why Forge Venture Rubric? Help tech entrepreneurs make and execute better decisions so they can, in a structured manner, translate their startup's true potential into reality. Wow. Let me put it that way. That's great. No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, when I first saw it as well, um, I also thought that it was a little bit like a cheat sheet for like potential investors in the future. But I think the way you framed it is nearly better because it's not about just venture capital and getting investment. It's about reaching the potential of your startup and uh, the way in which you've helped to divide. I'm looking at it right here, have it open on my screen. The way in which you divide it into these six different parameters, it really helps to map out everything. I find yeah. the same thing with the, the business model canvas and stuff like that. These things are often sometimes overlooked by startups, but pausing, reflecting, and really mapping out everything is uh, yeah. is hugely advantageous. But what I like here is that it, first of all, it focuses on deep tech, which is very relevant. I think this is a, a very important vertical at the moment. And I mm -hmm. think that, you know, it helps people to guide them a little bit depending on the stage they're at, it's okay if you're not at a four or a five in different, in the growth section, for example, right. but maybe you right. have a very strong IP, maybe you have a very good marketing opportunity or whatever the case may be. So mm -hmm. what I would love to do is, is obviously we can't go into every parameter, but I would love you to maybe take a little bit of a deep dive just into one of the parameters that you might think is, is kind of the most important um, mm -hmm. for actual startups to be able to focus on. So maybe they, they download the, the, the rubric after this and they take immediately sure. that one parameter that you mentioned now uh, so they can understand a little bit better about how they can dive into that one. Sure, sure. But definitely, and I'm happy to do that, uh, Alan. And, and maybe what Thanks. I'll do is I'll, I'll, go with, I'll go with technology advantages mm -hmm. uh, only because we're talking deep tech startups. Yeah, it's it's uh, the, the foundation, right? Absolutely, right. And, and, and one thing I've always felt is that, see, we've seen a, a generation of, of startups uh, sort of ride, uh, uh, you know, what I call uh, ICT uh, technologies, information mm -hmm. communications technologies, right, which is essentially internet, right? Yep. Uh, internet, uh, you know, smartphones, uh, computing, you know, all of the e-commerce essentially rode that wave, right? Uh, but what we're seeing now is sort of the advent of the next generation of industrial digital technologies, right? Whether it's artificial intelligence, robotics, you know, composites, uh, nano, nano, nanotech, uh, you know, uh, right? And, and uh, lots of other augmented reality, virtual reality. A lot of these uh, enabling technologies actually, uh, you know, provide opportunities for, for startups, for entrepreneurs to solve industrial uh, problems at scale. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, right. So, so we've sort of seen, uh, you know, two huge waves of uh, digital transformation. We saw enterprise digital transformation, which is essentially software as a service. Yep. Right. Uh, right. And then it, I mean, you take SaaS out of the equation and, and uh, you know, you, you, you will actually find ourselves going back almost 20, 30 years in terms of how, uh, you know, digitally capable enterprises are. Yep. Right. Uh, I mean, just take Salesforce out of the equation, right? And then you you, you can imagine how enterprises are being managed uh, in 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 those legacy systems, right? Yep. So and then you and then you take e-commerce, you take you know the whole internet, uh, you take uh, you know everything from Google to 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 uh, to Amazon uh, to Microsoft. So the kind of consumer digital inf digital transformation that we've seen uh, in the last maybe five or six decades uh, has been huge. To me, the next big uh, uh, you know, opportunity is industrial digital transformation, right? Which is our factories, yep. right? Uh, essentially, right? So we've we've seen how our, how our homes have been transformed digitally. We've seen how offices have been transformed digitally. Now we're going to see how factories are going to be transformed yep. digitally, right? So now for that level of, uh, you know, transformation to, to uh, you know, to be realized, 
you you got to have a lot of uh, very deep technology capabilities right so what we're trying to do in the forge venture rubric when it comes to technology advantages is to is to really shine the spotlight on how much of the startup's potential really comes from the technology stack right now now you may be a an a, an ai uh, startup and i'll take an example of let's say uh, uh, safe ai which is one of the startups in our cohort uh, uh, that we're we're uh, accelerating uh, for a huge uh, global conglomerate uh, in the energy and resources sector and and safe ai this is an australian uh, startup it's based both out of uh, the us and australia and and what these guys essentially do is uh, autonomous mining operations right and and what they want to do is to is to basically you know uh, i'm sure you've seen these huge haulage trucks you know uh, uh, which carry uh, you know the the dirt the sand yeah. uh, and and all of those uh, you know uh, the the whatever the the output of the extraction and the mining activities they they carry them in these large open pit uh, mines i'm sure you can you can go back to uh, you know some of those pictures that you've uh, seen in the in the past now now there, there is a, a human being that's operating these haulage trucks hmm. right so what they want to do is to say hey can we automate uh, uh, these uh, trucks to an extent that they're not just automated they're autonomous right now 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 that's at the very heart and the core of mining of a mining company right i mean we're not course, we're not the whole product we, right in a way yeah right? it yeah. it really is right i mean you you're basically saying okay i'm going to take technology down to that point where the truck actually takes the stuff that's come coming out of the mines and puts it uh, and loads it and then moves it to another place right uh, now that's not something a mining company will take uh, you know light off right mm-hmm. uh, it, they, they will they will really you know be very sure about uh, making this transition from let's say a fully manual process which is what is mostly today yeah. uh, to maybe an assisted uh, process where technology exactly. stepwise right stepwise right so you go from fully manual to maybe assisted and then from assisted to maybe automated but then autonomous is something else this is right on top of that right so these guys are saying you know what we will do autonomous mining operations now now if i don't look at this startup's potential from the technology uh, capabilities then i then i am not actually sizing the startup's potential uh, completely yeah. right and 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 to me in 15 years 20 years if safe ai is going to be uh, you know as successful at, uh, let's say as as a google or an apple or an, or an amazon in industrial sectors it's also going to be because of their deep advantages in the at the technology level yep right so which means if i don't measure that if i don't quantify that uh, or if i don't make the the right decisions to to completely maximize that potential then then i'm really shortchanging myself for the future yeah of course so 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 what what do we do is we we look at four attributes uh, under technology advantages right so the first thing is does the startup have a breakthrough uh, technology right something that can give the startup a generation advantage hmm. over the current or the conventional technology right now now this is not a, a 10% better uh, yeah. algorithm this is not just uh, doing will, it faster for example right yeah exactly right so so if this guy if these guys are saying we're going to do autonomous mining right then you got to talk about uh, your computer vision uh, what you call machine vision should be at such levels of capability right that should give you a 20 30 year advantage mm-hmm. uh, you know to to really sort of fully bank on it right so which means you got to have some really strong breakthrough at a technology level which means at a science level at a fundamental technology level yeah. you got to have cracked something that actually can can make this autonomous uh, mining operation not only practical but also reliable mm-hmm. right Uh, so that's 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 the first part the second part about uh, the second attribute is really about uh, you know is 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 the startup uh, creating a core product right which potentially can uh, be part of multiple end products in the market 
I mean, I mean, think, think Bosch. I'll, I'll use the same, same example yeah. of Bosch, right? So, so the core of Bosch's, uh, you know, uh, business is the uh, is, is the multi-point fuel injector, right? Uh, MPFI, right? It's it's basically a, a you know a, a little hardware that sits in about a hundred million cars uh, shipped every year, right? Now. It, it doesn't really matter whether it's a, a you know a, a sedan, it's it's an SUV, it's a compact car, it's a it's a station wagon, it's a minivan. It doesn't really matter, right? It's, it's the it's, same job. It's it's almost the same. I mean, it, it might have some dimensional changes, but it really is a core product that powers multiple end product categories, right? Yeah. <clears throat> now, why why this matters is because if you are a startup and if you if you can really translate your technology into such a core product design right then then you really are not at risk when it comes to uh being successful only through an end product yeah right now now imagine this right imagine bosch said hey you know what we've come up with this uh you know mpfi technology and we're going to get in the business of selling cars. I mean, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. But it's funny because a lot of startups think about a product. They don't think about the underlying tech that could be then. Sold, Absolutely. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that would be ridiculous. I mean, I mean, imagine, I mean, I mean, imagine Bosch got into the business of selling cars. I mean, yeah. they would have to take, they'd have to take on BMW and Volkswagen and Toyota and Ford. Right. And, and these guys have been in the, in the car business for decades. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whereas, whereas if I say, Hey, you know what? I got a core product, right? And, and and that technology and that design is so unique that there's no no other company that's doing the same thing. Mm. And I have all of these end products that I can put this into, right? Now, now the scalability of that is huge, yeah. and it, and it does not come with the risk of being successful with an end product because because being as a startup being successful in end product markets is very rare i mean you got to be an elon musk or a jeff bezos to pull yeah, it off for sure yeah i mean you look right? at tesla right they're really <coughs> developing everything pretty much themselves right and that's special <laughs> i think in that case absolutely right i mean you got to be once in a generation entrepreneur to be able to do that yeah right? so so we're saying you know what and and this is something we we do we work with startups on a daily basis we we tell them hey are are, are you looking at an end product uh you know business model where you should actually mm. be looking at a core product. Yeah. Right. If you can do that, two things can happen. One, you can, you can do a, a phase one of, of running a core product strategy. And then, and then you can build for your own end product in phase two. Should you want to do that? And you, and you feel comfortable, your investors want to back you up. Well, you can do that on the, on the back of having become successful with a core product strategy. Yeah. Right. But don't go end product, you know, start with. Right. So that's the second uh, attribute. Right. And, and the third attribute really is about, you know, what we call the, the intellectual property uh, value or, or the licensing potential. Right. Because this is this, again, goes into, you know, the whole risk mitigation uh, aspect uh, of, of tech startups, uh, because, you know, in most cases, what I've seen is uh, uh, the entrepreneur is a is a is a techie. Right. And, and uh, what he gets. Uh, very well is to build that tech and translate that tech into a solution, into a product which can deliver value, right? Now, he may or may not be very good at building a company and, and, and you know, building sales partners, building, yeah. you know, operations, building commercial, uh, uh, you know, being able to manage all of those operations beyond the technical scope. So for such, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, we're saying, hey, have you looked at the potential of licensing your technology? Right, and if and if your technology is something that can be IP protected, right, uh, then you have an even better shot at getting good license value uh, out of that transaction. It's in the right? same the same perspective as not looking at a product, but looking at the technology, right? Because it's another additional revenue stream potentially, right? Absolutely, absolutely, right. And then the last, of course, is is uh, what we call the, uh, the 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 potential to disrupt, yeah. right? And and, uh, and and these are uh, uh, I mean, this is an attribute where I think only five or, or six startups out of the hundred that we have right now uh, yeah. have have scored, uh, you know, uh, uh, four points. Right. Uh, essentially, what we're saying is, 
is the startups technology going to fundamentally change the conventional business model yeah. uh, of, which, of which, the which target? Which is rare, I think, for a startup. Which is, to do which that. is rare, right? So, if, for example, you take the same example, Safe AI. Mm. Uh, I was talking about autonomous mining, right? Now, if you if you were to you know envision, let's say, five years from now, ten years from now, if you were to envision autonomous mines, right? Then you're not talking about mining companies the way they operate today. Yeah, it's completely right? different. Would, absolutely, right? So, so is is your startup's technology having the potential to make such deep impact to the very core of the business model or the business operations of the target customer or the target sector? Then that to me is 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 disruptive uh, potential. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I yeah. think that's very interesting because I think it's actually now that I think back over the startups that I've worked with over the past few years or just the last year, really, that I've been in this space as a coach. Um, it is really quite rare that you come across a startup that's truly ticking all of those boxes, you know, or like right. at least going in the direction that they have this unique IP that nobody else has that if they leverage it correctly, and when I say right. IP, I mean more like, you know, a really um, innovative technology that they've developed right. in-house themselves, classically right. from, re from research, right, from a university. Yeah. It's, re yeah. it's really quite rare. And then normally the innovation that I'm looking at is like an innovation in, in a product, right? That you're doing something right. that is maybe done somewhere else, like yeah. AI, machine learning, and then they come in, they help to, you know, improve one aspect of that for a given customer in it with an end right. product. Right. Um, but I think right. you're, it's very, very interesting to look at this because it becomes very obvious then, is this going to be a potential for a kind of a VC level um, um, company or startup that's going to require uh, capital and a good team to really reach mm -hmm. the, the growth that is expected when you mm -hmm. uh, become a unicorn, let's say, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the other way to, to look at it is, is, is uh, you know, given that we work with a lot of uh, corporate clients, Yeah. now, now, uh, See, a, a startup could be very attractive for a VC for, for entirely different reasons That's than true. why a startup could be attractive for a corporate uh, yeah. client, right? Yeah. So if, if let's say I am, uh, you know, Bosch or, or Vedanta or Daimler, and, and if I'm looking at startups, uh, you know, in terms of uh, their innovative technologies, innovative products, innovative solutions, then I'm really telling Telling, telling to myself, hey, why do I expect them to show me uh, market traction and, and all of those things? Because those are anyway things that mm -hmm. I can take care of. I mean, I can yeah. open up a huge install base that I already have, but a VC cannot do that, right? I mean, a, a VC yeah. has to mitigate against that market risk. So for Whereas, the corporates, it's more like, how can we slot them into our existing ecosystem and there you go. take it to space? Yeah. There you go. There you go. So if, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm wearing my corporate venturing hat, I really want to know more about the startup's tech uh, yeah, capabilities, right? And and usually that gets sort of you know uh, 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 sort of given a foster treatment if I if I if I were to say that, and 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 that's what we're trying to bring into the spotlight. We're saying, hey, you know what? Hey, this yeah. guy, this startup, you know, has scored fifteen on fifteen on let's say technology advantages. Mm. So you may want to look at this guy, even if he hasn't really done well on let's say product or market traction or is struggling Business to get access to or whatever right yeah 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 but 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 he's got some really solid tech going uh, for him so why don't you take him up and then you you give him your uh, you know resources and capabilities maybe he maybe that startup can become the next 100 million dollar asset yeah that's yeah. that's sitting on the corporate balance sheet yeah. Yeah. And I mean you, you imagine you put in 5 10 million dollars today and then in 5 years <laughs> you know that's that's yeah. grown to a 100 million dollar valuation only because that tech was super, right? Yeah, you, you've and, really... and no VC will have no VC will have backed them up because you know yeah. the VC is basically saying, "Show me customers, right? Show me paying customers." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you've you've uh, really um, changed my perspective on on, on corporate uh, involvement in startups and this perspective of looking at technology first. I think it's very interesting because we're going to have a new batch of startups coming through our um, incubator where I work uh, in the next couple of months. And I think I'm really going to take that lens now of like the technology sure. first focus. And my question very briefly would be, is it okay or do you still see potential, maybe not with corporates, but maybe in a different avenue to the market if the technology is good, but it's not like a 10 out of 10, right? Or whatever the, the full score is for your, say it's 15 mm -hmm. here. So 15, they, they say yeah. they're like a, an eight or a five. 
um, but they still have a good product, right? Potentially, or they have a good technology that they can leverage, yeah. but they're very yeah. high on like product readiness or on the other aspects. Do you still see the potential that there is a there is a possible to have an imbalance between the different parameters and they would still be successful, right? Very much. Uh, see, two yeah. things, right? See, uh, for example, you might have a, a startup that has taken a, you know, a proven, mature, conventional uh, technology mm. and, 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 and is, is trying to apply that in the context of a use case or a customer base uh, that, that is untapped today. Yeah. Right? And, 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 if, and if I would take that startup and if I were to look them from the point of view of technology advantages, they might score very low because it's just yeah. conventional tech. Yeah, but they might they might do really well on let's say product advantages or or on product readiness, right? And they may also be able to back it up with a great team which can pull off yeah. uh, you know solid product execution, right? Which is another so, so, very important parameter, right? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. right. So we and, and and many a time you know we come across entrepreneurs who actually can do a much better execution on the product commercial side. Yeah when they actually have access to good technology, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I'm not talking great technology, just good technology, yeah. right? Yeah. Just average technology. Not but disruptive, just, but something that is taken from another market yeah. or something maybe, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, we have uh, you know, a couple of examples uh, on that uh, front as well. I know, I know a startup uh, called Exact Space in, in our portfolio, uh, which really is uh, you know, building uh, predictive maintenance uh, for, for industrial assets in the power sector. Wow. Right. And now, and, and we're talking, you know, coal, coal fired power plants, uh, you know, Heidel uh, power plants. I mean, we're talking bottom of the food chain, yeah, right? I mean, if, if you are a space if, for, for predictive maintenance, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you are, if you are a deep tech entrepreneur and you're doing industrial AI, uh, you know, power sector would be like 29 out of 30, right. In, in the list of sectors. Right. Yeah. So, so, so no, no exact space, would possibly score four or five on 15 when it comes to technology advantages. But those guys are a, are a 15 out of 15, 20 out of 20 when it comes to product advantages and product readiness mm -hmm. because they've opened up the potential in a hitherto ignored market space. Yeah, they're ready to pull the trigger. They can capitalize on a market. Absolutely. And, and, then, and, then, and then they're also showing us proof on the execution front, right? I yeah. mean, if you, were to, if you were to look at the number of leads that generate uh, on a month-on-month, on a, on a quarter-on-quarter basis, the amount of, uh, you know, the conversion they have from successful pilots to commercial orders is almost 100%. Hmm. Wow. I mean, it's freakish sometimes, right? I mean, every single successful pilot they get an order within the next month or 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 what? Shows clear customer validation in that context. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Right? Yeah. but but if you were to really say, okay, now how special is the tech? Uh, nothing. Yeah, to write we about. won't invest in them, or <laughs> we won't we won't bother. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's the beauty of the rubric, I suppose. Right, is be, to be able yep. to provide a, a kind of objective analysis or assessment right. of it. Yeah. So I know yep. we're coming towards the end, but maybe very briefly, you could just you know uh, touch on one other parameter, just very briefly, just about you know, after they've established that they have a tech or they have product readiness or whatever, what's, what's the next thing? Like how do they, how do they really, you know, after they've maybe gone to the market, what's, what's next? How do they grow? See, it, it, it's, it's all about growth, right? I mean, when it comes to startups, uh, you know, yeah. I, I always say there are two things. If you were to think of a, of, of a tech startup as a, a, as a, as a rocket, yeah. uh, it, it really has uh, two engines, right? Uh, the, the one engine is innovation. The yeah. other engine is growth. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I, I always think in terms of, you know, what is new, what is big, yeah. right? Uh, what is new about the startup? How can they grow big, right? Where can that big uh, thing come from? It, it can come from many things, right? It can come from, you know, one, pursuing a, a core product uh, strategy as opposed to an end product strategy, yeah. right? Uh, I, I really want to be that spark plug sitting in any car that goes out. Yeah, for right? sure. Don't we all? I, I don't want to get into the business of selling cars, right? So that's, yeah. that could be one aspect. So, so, you know, that's why we created this growth readiness uh, as, a, as a parameter, right? And what we're really trying to measure through that parameter is, uh, can the startup give us a non-linear growth in revenue mm -hmm. uh, compared to a linear growth in costs, right? So in simple terms, can I get a NX, uh, a 5X, 10X, 15X, NX growth in revenue at a X growth in uh, cost. Yep. Right. 
so so can i put that big gap between the revenue curve and the cost curve mm -hmm. right and and that's what really growth is all about right yeah. uh, and and so what we we do is we essentially look at what are all those growth levers so mm -hmm. to speak right there are only a, a handful of uh, growth levers right uh, and and you know not all of them may be equally applicable for a particular startup you know given a particular market given a particular technology given a particular business model not all of those growth levers will be equally applicable but but has the startup really looked at those levers which would give it that that you know big advantage over its peers yeah right so we 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 you know in in strategy we talk about sustainable competitive advantages right which is uh it's it's not just short term but can you sustain it for let's yeah. say 7 years 10 years can you have one generation advantage right and and if you really look at what's happening in the industrial deep tech space whether it's robotics whether it's you know nanotech whether it's uh you know uh advanced uh, materials uh, whether it's ai uh, any of these uh, technology areas what we're really seeing is that uh you know some of these startups are are beginning to emerge as what i call the dominant standard mm -hmm. right in in other words uh monopoly right uh, they they are defining the rules of the game right uh, and 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 if you if you if you can do that and it doesn't have to be only in technology right i mean rules of the game for example could be how you distribute yeah right for sure uh, rules of the game could be on your pricing model I mean, someone uh, changed the rules of the game, and they said, "You know what? I'm no longer going to ship you CDs. I'm going to send you software through the wire at yeah. at you know ten dollars a, a user per month." I mean, that's yeah. changing the rules of the game, right? Yeah. So, so it's very likely for some of these startups to also change the rules of the game, right? When it comes to uh, the the business model aspects, right? Now, can are you changing the rules of the game so much that it would take seven years, maybe ten years, for for others to catch up? right and 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 you know that's, that's going to give right absolutely create, right yeah yeah so so we we're, we're essentially saying you know what have you thought about these things right and and it, and in most cases what i have also personally gone through is we just didn't know that you have to think about these things yeah because yeah. you're so worried about building the company and like building up the product and getting top customers right you forget these there things there you go there you go and and, and we see this you know every day i mean every single day my conversations with my uh, incubated startups when we when we do a deep dive with them i'm i'm basically you know hearing them not say loudly but basically telling them you know telling to themselves hey nobody told me that i got to think about this yeah if if only i had known about it a month ago or or a year ago i would have thought about it or i made something about yeah. it right but i just didn't know right so yeah. so you know what we really want we don't want entrepreneurs to go through that sort of a of bad revelation right uh, so, so maybe the, you want them to have the advantages of your experience and your own mistakes in a way right absolutely yeah. absolutely and, and and so we're just saying you know what here is this tool think of it as 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 something that you can use at your pace suit your needs to your yeah. taste this there's, there's no there's no one size fits all i mean you don't want to uh, score all of the 24 attributes in one shot no problem just take parts yeah. of it right i mean use it the way you want right yeah so so, so there is no right or wrong way as long as you're using it and you're doing something with it you you you're going the right direction right so that's that's basically it yeah i think you've developed uh, with your team a very very um useful compass for for um startups to be able to navigate this uh, chaotic ecosystem yeah. the chaotic world sure. so thank you very much um visha really really appreciate it and um, just to close things up um again thank you for your time because it's it's no, a no. real pleasure Most to talk to you with some fantastic case studies and examples there but maybe you could let us know what are some of the um places where people can get in touch with uh, forge accelerator maybe just the website or should they you know yeah. contact uh, specific individuals or if there's any upcoming programs you want to just give a shout out to we can put it in the show notes as well in the description oh wonderful oh, i'll be happy to do that you know thank you alex uh, so our website is www.forgeforward.in so it's f o r g forge forward f o r w a r d .in forgeforward.in so that's our website and uh, our website is uh, you know reasonably up to date all the time yeah. uh, and all of our upcoming programs uh, and other important updates are are there on our website all the time so i i would invite uh, you know your uh, 
uh, you know, uh, our viewers to, to go onto our website and see if there is something that they can find uh, for their benefit and they can reach out to us. Uh, uh, an email that they can reach out to us uh, would be info at forgeforward.in, I-N-F-O at forgeforward.in. That's, uh, again, an email that we constantly watch uh, right. and, and we will have instant uh, you know, responses uh, or emails coming into that email ID. Uh, on, on LinkedIn, uh, we're active uh, as Forge, uh, just Forge, F-O-R-G-E, uh, and we show up uh, on, on LinkedIn search. So that's, uh, uh, again, our LinkedIn pages are very up-to-date. Uh, you know, every day we keep uh, updating content on, on latest updates about uh, what's happening to our, to our uh, portfolio companies, new programs we're launching. And we also, you know, from time to time, uh, provide a lot of knowledge, uh, you know, nuggets as well, right? I mean, that's good. Uh, you know, wisdom, so to speak. It's the right? Academy Foundation that you mentioned before <laughs> as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, we're also, uh, of course, available on, on, on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we are reasonably active on, on, on Twitter, but I would say a website, email, LinkedIn uh, are, are uh, you know, instant uh, uh, access uh, to get to Forge. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fantastic. I'll put all those links there, including the link to your um, your um, Forge Venture rubric as well, so people can sure. have a have a download, read the blog article as well, which explains exactly the different attributes. So, um, right. yeah, really, really, um, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was a really uh, enjoyable podcast. I really enjoyed it. So, a lot of value, I think, for the audience, and you've definitely changed my perspective to look more towards technology advantages here. So, um, definitely, um, really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, and uh, looking forward to maybe speaking to you again sometime soon. Well, thank you so much, Alan. You know, uh, our thanks, uh, you know, from the entire team here at Forge. Uh, thank you for giving us uh, this opportunity to uh, connect and to be a part of this podcast. I hope, uh, you know, your audience and your viewers uh, take something away uh, for their personal benefit out of this uh, conversation. And, and of course, you know, uh, feedbacks are also most welcome. Uh, you know, anything, anything can be improved, anything can be refined, anything can be made more usable, uh, you know, uh, and so we would invite some feedback from your uh, viewers as well. And, and, and they can use the same email ID to share their feedback. Or if you got something, please send, send them our way. Yeah, we'll be happy to take a look at those uh, uh, feedbacks and, and uh, action on them as well. Uh, so overall, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thanks, Alan, for hosting. And, and uh, you know, you guys are doing a great job, uh, you know, sort of bringing a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, different entities together. So uh, so you're picking up some good karma, I would say. I hope so. Partnerships are very powerful, you know, so this Absolutely. is the, the selfish reason behind why I do the podcast is to get uh, amazing people like you to come in that are providing sure. amazing opportunities to, to different startups and uh, to really learn. It's nice to have a conversation sure. without having to sure. be distracted by different things. So it's really Correct. enjoyable. Correct. But the pleasure Correct. is all Correct. mine. So thank you much again. Thank you so much, Alan. And, and maybe the next time a pint of Guinness at Dublin in, in your favorite bar. On me, I'm paying. No problem at all. <laughs> Wonderful. So till Thank then. you very much, Vish. Have so a great long. day. Ciao, ciao. You too. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much. Bye.